Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash It is good. It is good to be with you guys. Uh, I said earlier that we are a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. But here's the reality. There are communities of students all throughout Vancouver. There are community, communities of students all throughout the state. There are communities of students all over the globe right now. And so I'm not saying that we are the only community of students. But what I'm saying is what brings this community together is what sets us apart. Okay, what we are about to do over the next, you know, 25, 30 minutes here, what we are about to do is the lifeblood. This is the, the nucleus, as my favorite um, luchadore would say. This is the heart of what makes citizens citizens is that we're having fun, we're doing our thing, and then we come together. I don't know what other word to call it. We have a hunger for what's in here. And so where are my sixth graders at? I have any new, new middle schoolers, new sixth graders? What's up? What's up? Hey, everybody say, Hey. What's up, new, what's up, new sixth graders, Easton over there. And so here's what you guys are gonna learn. And all of my, where are my graduates? Do I have any graduates in the room? Hey. Oh, I can't even look at you guys without crying. Literally, I walk, who did I walk up to today? I just started crying and I was like, you're leaving me. And I was like, you're dead to me. It's like weird. I'm just I'm so bitter that you graduated and became responsible, Peter. But um, yeah, but uh, what they know is what you guys will soon know, sixth graders, is that this is like, this is it. We come together because we believe that if we can open up the Bible, if we can hear God speak to us and then orient our entire community around this, like if we can be in relationship together and make it based on the principles in this scripture, if we can be in relationship together and make it be about our common faith and salvation, that it will literally change our lives. This is not a classroom where you come and you say, teach me math, teach me science, teach me some Bible. Like some of you guys go to Christian school and you literally have Bible as a class. That's awesome. Learn the Bible. But what we're doing here is not a class. We are a community. We are a people that is coming together and aligning our lives to what is found here. And I, this is, you're new, right? You're new. Uh, Anna? No. Abby? No. Kara? L. I don't know sign language. Uh, anyway, sister, you're going to learn that what we have in here is gold. This is a treasure that is worth seeking with our entire lives. So are you guys, can we do some treasure digging tonight? That was super corny. You're like, treasure? That should be the name of our new youth group. Dude, what if we went back to the 1990s and it was like, treasure hunters youth. Raise your hand if you want to be treasure hunters youth. Raise your hand if you want to be citizens youth. All right. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Treasure hunters youth. All right, well, tell you what, we're going to do that. We're going to open up our Bibles. We're going to dig in. And um, are you laughing at me because I'm a boomer, which I'm not, or are you laughing at me because I use the term boomer and don't think I know what it means? See, you guys, you got, dude, you guys are so unwoke. All right, you're not even hit. I'm so lit with my drip and ice. Anyway, check it out. We're gonna open up. We're gonna open up the book of Philippians. So if you don't have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open up your Bibles right now. Uh, if you don't have one, you can grab the black ones in front of you, and we're on page 980, and you're gonna want to follow along as we go through this sermon series. And the name of our series, as we go through the book of Philippians, the name of our series is Unfinished. Um, And so basically, here's the whole idea of the book. You guys are teenagers, right? You're relatively 
new into your faith with Christ, whether you've been walking with him since you were a kid or maybe you just got baptized last year, like Matthew Porter, you saw him up here reading his scripture and he just got baptized. Wherever you are in your journey, you're relatively new. But here's the point, it's unfinished. See, a lot of people, they get baptized and they go, I made it, I'm a Christian. And they think that baptism is the finish line. But students, baptism is just the starting line because your entire journey is ahead of you and it is unfinished. And so the reason why I do what I do, the reason why leaders like Matthew and Danae and Josh and, and, and Hillary, the reason why we're here, and, because we want to be with you guys and help you along on this journey because the journey is unfinished. And we believe that the same God who started a work in you is going to bring it to completion. Unlike the Dallas Cowboys, who they start a season and they never finish it, God always will finish the work in you. You can't sit in the front three rows wearing a cowboy shirt and come out without blood. Let's go! Shots fired, all right? So we're in uh, Philippians chapter four. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. Uh, when you see chapter four, give me an, oh yeah. All right, I'll wait. <laughs> open up your Bibles. Let's go. Summer, you got it? Say, oh yeah. oh yeah. All right, that's good enough. I remember when you were a little sixth grader, Summer, and you were like, oh yeah. And you were sitting in the front with your glasses and your Bible was like bigger than half your body. And you were like, I want to learn the Bible. And now look at Summer. You're a mature, responsible young lady who centers her life on the word. I'm proud of you, Summer. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I really am. So are you guys ready for real? Can we do this? I have not done this in four months. I'm about to go wild. You ready? All right, let's do it, dude. Let's do it. Here we go. Philippians Chapter four, beginning in verse one, give me an oh yeah. All right, let's see, what, let's see what we got going on here. Let's see what we got going on here. X marks the spot. So when I do this phase two, I want you guys to say ooh, because we're just gonna be like, X marks the spot. Ooh. I don't know, I just like that, it's kind of fun. And then if I go like this, what do you say? X marks the spot. All right, all right, here we go, here we go. Starting in verse one of Philippians chapter four. Oh, shoot, am I out of batteries? Oh, snap, hit me, Cody. I think I'm out of batteries. My, my laser's not even working. Oh, no, oh, no. All right, tell you what, Josh, you're gonna click for me, you ready? Just press the next button. Here we go. Arrow to the right. All right, Philippians chapter four, verse one. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. All right, so that's the first verse and our entire point. We have one point tonight and the point is found right away in the first verse and it's this, stand firm. Stand firm, all right? He says, stand firm in Jesus. So you, when I point to you, you're gonna click. It's gonna be this like magic, boom. All right, stand firm in Jesus. Now for the rest of this passage, he is going to break down in three parts. What does it look like to stand firm in Jesus? All right, and so all of you that are here and you're like, tell me how. That's like my favorite question. When I read the Bible, I'm always saying, how, how? Show me how. And so he's gonna show us. But before we do, you have to realize something, okay? I'm gonna use my, my little illustration here. You have to realize that everything that Paul is about to say to you, and he's gonna say some hard things, right? Like, I hope you wore two pairs of underwear today because he's gonna say some things that are gonna make you a little bit uncomfortable. 
okay? <laughs> and so you're gonna hear some things and you're gonna go, oof. But you need to realize that everything he says comes from a heart of love, okay? Everything that he says comes from a heart of love, right? So go to the next slide. Paul shows how much he loves them because of his words. Look what he says. He calls them brothers. And so some of our sixth graders here, upperclassmen, where are you at? Some of our sixth graders are like, they're related? No, they don't know yet that in the Bible, we see family language all the time because when God the Father makes you his daughter and God the Father makes me his son, that makes us siblings, and so we are spiritual brothers and spiritual sisters. If not, Josh Fulps is doing a great job on the... Uh... <gasps> I've missed this so much. Okay, uh, so, so he calls them brothers because he says, hey, we're family in Jesus. Look what else he calls them, Josh. He says, I love and I long for them. Have you ever had people in your life where you just long to be with them? And when you were with them, you're like, oh, I just, have you ever like left somebody's house for dinner? Me and my wife, we go to people's houses for dinner and we leave and we get in the car, we just go, I just love them, right? We go to the Epps house and we have this, it's like, let's just have lunch. And like nine hours later, we're getting in the car and we're like, I love, like this just, that was so life-giving. That was the Philippians to them, right? Look what else he says, my joy or his joy, next. Okay, he says his crown, right? And, and those of you who've been a Christian for a long time, maybe you, you've learned enough theology, but the, the idea, the picture here is that we are running a race, right? And we are running this faith, this faith race. We are running a journey of faith. And the Bible says that you need to make it to the finish line. You need to hold on to your faith because one day you will stand before Jesus and you will be rewarded and you will get a crown. And he says to them, you know what my crown is? You know what the reward is that I'm wanting? I just want to see the Philippians standing there at the finish line with me. He says, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm not doing this for fame. I'm not doing this for the pride. I'm doing this because Philippians, you are my crown. Citizens, youth, you are my crown. I wanna see you standing at the finish line. I wanna stand arm in arm with you one day before the throne of God. That's why I do what I do. That's why your leaders do what they do. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame. I don't care, what fame? Like you're a pastor. I know, but that's what you say. You say money and fame, there's no fame. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Anyway, that's how much he loves them, his crown. And then he calls them my beloved, right? And so Paul loves them. Do we all agree in that? But what does his love cause him to do? His love causes him to speak truth. His love causes him to speak truth. So I said, he's gonna break it down for you guys in a little bit here, but you need to understand that everything he's saying is coming from a heart of love that leads him to speak truth. He's gonna say some things that are uncomfortable. He's gonna challenge you guys today. But if you are thinking about love the way that the world defines love, you're gonna be offended. You're gonna be put off. Because the world says, if you love me, you won't say something that makes me uncomfortable. So if I see my boy Josh ruining his life, the world says, if you love him, you'll let him be. If you love him, you won't say anything uncomfortable. If you love him, you'll just want him to be happy. But Christian love says, if you really love him, then you will love him so much that you'll be willing to make yourself uncomfortable by speaking the truth to him, okay? 
And so we're gonna see that Paul, because he loves them, he's going to exhort them. Exhortation, show them, Josh. To exhort, to exhort means to strongly encourage or urge. I exhort you. That's like, the, like I'm pleading with you. I'm urging you. Another definition here, it's to call to action. I'm calling you to action. And you guys understand that when I preach, isn't there kind of a sense of, of exhortation? Like I'm not up here for 30 minutes spitting out some suggestions. Yo, what up, student? So like, you may want to try this. Uh, I saw this on like Dr. Phil yesterday. You should try that. Uh, Oprah had like five suggestions. You could try that. And, uh, and then Google something. I hope it works. Like, I'm not just passing out advice and tips. and Like, there's a call to action. I'm like, citizens, youth, please do this. Don't do this. Be this. Say this. I want to see you doing well. And all of that exhortation, you have to remember, it comes from a heart of love. Students, I love you. I really do. You're leaders. We love you. And so everything I'm about to say here for the next few minutes, remember, where does it come from? A heart of that is willing to speak because... All right, the light bulbs are off. Here we go, here we go. So the call, to, what is the exhortation? One more time, show them. The, oh, go, yep, you had it. The exhortation is, keep going, to stand firm in Jesus. I want you to stand, everybody say it together. Stand firm. Stand firm in Jesus, right? Stay rooted, be steadfast in your faith. Think of it like this. Lieski, come on up here. Think of it like this. He says, I want you to not be moved off the mark. In light of what you know, in light of what you've heard, Pete Burchett, you've learned the gospel, right? Kyle, you've learned the gospel right here, homeboy, right here, right? Uh, Eilish, you've learned the gospel. Gabrielle, you've learned the gospel. Lily, you know the gospel, girl, all right? And so in light of what you've learned, I want you to stand firm because X marks the spot. Hey, it's all right, buddy, you make that X. So he's making a huge X on the floor for those of you in the back row, Okay making a huge X on the Dude, don't cut your finger. Are you kidding me? Well, I guess you have nine more. Okay. There you go. And so he's basically saying, stand firm. Here's where I want you to stand. X marks the spot. Philippians, don't be moved off of this spot. Citizens, youth, for dear sake, please do not be moved off this spot. Stand firm in Jesus. Okay? But here's the thing. There are things in your life, there are things in this world that will threaten to move you off the mark. There are things in this world that if you are not wise, if you are not careful, they will get your eyes off the prize. They will move you off your mark. And before you know it, three, four, five, ten 10 years down the road, you're over here and you look down and you go, I remember the days where I used to stand firm in Jesus. What happened? And I don't want to see that happen. There's too much potential in this room. There's too much goodness to be experienced in Christ for you to wander away. And so if you are going to stand firm in Jesus, then there are a few things you need to know. And so look what Paul says here. Paul says, I want you to stand firm thus. That's my favorite word in the whole passage. You know what thus means? Like this, all right? So the next time your friend is like, yo girl, can you teach me how to do that TikTok dance? You're like, yeah, you do the TikTok dance like thus, okay, thus. I will show you the TikTok, the TikTok, tick, twit, snap, dance, 
goes like thus. Like thus literally means like this. So he's saying, stand firm thus. Stand firm like this. Stand firm, let me show you. All right, you guys wanna see? How do we stand firm in Christ? Are you ready? Three things, let's check it out. Let's keep going, verse two. I entreat Judea and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. The first thing, church, eyes up here, citizens, youth, I urge you, stand firm in Jesus. And in order to do that, you need to destroy disunity. Number one, destroy disunity. And so here we go, 2,000 years ago, and we got some drama. Mm-hmm. Anybody ever heard of drama? You're like, I know how to spell drama. Drama's my middle name. You may even be a high drama mama. That may be you. Um, if that's you, that's okay. Um, we'll learn about that. But basically, you have these two ladies, and they are straight up wiling out. So you got Yudia and Syntyche. And these are ladies that it's like they're leading the women's Bible study. These are the ladies, they probably wear those hats where they come into church and they're like, bless you, dear. Bless you, dear. And they're just like, I love Yudia. Oh my, did you see Yudia today? Yeah, she gave me some chocolate chip cookies. Oh my gosh, Syntyche, she gave me some brownies, you know? And it's like, it's just awesome. But for some reason, these ladies just like, they cannot get along. And so just like any drama, you can imagine, right? They revert to like middle school mode, like seventh grade mode. And you guys know what I'm talking about when I say seventh grade mode, right? And they just like can't get along. And so they start like, you know what you do when you're at war with people, right? You start gaining allies, right? So like, yo, bro, did you hear what Syntyche did to me? Oh no, she did, uh-huh, she did, what, what? Now she's on my team. And you start talking to everybody because you're trying to create sides because the more people that agree with me, the better off I am. And before you know it, everybody's squatted up into two teams, Team Yudia and Team Syntyche. And it's like a weird Twilight parody from the book of Philippians. And it's like, what's happening? And now you have division. You don't have one church. You don't have one body. You don't have two teams. You have division. Sides are formed. The, the whole thing is threatening to split the church. And rather than standing firm in Jesus, they are pushed off the mark by drama and disunity. And Paul loves them. He loves them so much. He wants to see them finish well. He loves them so much that he is about to put his finger on what is probably an uncomfortable situation. You know how it is. You guys have that in your friend group. Oh yeah, we don't talk about that. Oh, and it's just those, that's that one relationship that you don't really bring up because it's awkward and it's too painful and it's just, that was so weird. Let's just not even talk about it. Paul's like, let's talk about it. <laughs> hey, how about you? And since again, he was like, oh no, we don't talk about that. He's like, yeah, we do. We're gonna talk about it right now. He says, it may be sensitive, it may be uncomfortable, but I'm going to entreat you. I'm going to exhort you. I'm going to plead and call you to action. Church, please, I want you to agree in the Lord. I want you to destroy disunity because disunity threatens to move you from the mark. Disunity will literally make it impossible for you to stand firm in Jesus. Try to be cool with Jesus, but you're not cool with your homie this way. 
You guys know how it is. You know how it is when you have that fight with that girl or with that guy and you haven't talked about it, but you know it's just like, and it's keeping you up at night and you start to pray. And so you like literally, you kneel by your bedside at night and you're like, dear father, thank you for all this stuff. I can't believe that girl did that. Can you believe she said that? I saw her Twitter. I know she was talking about Mika. And it's like literally your prayer life is hijacked because all you can think about is the drama, right? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this meatloaf tonight. I just want to know, why did my boyfriend ever say that? Because he was so insensitive and now I hate him. And your family's like, amen, right? It's like, dude, like you literally cannot stand firm in Jesus if there is disunity. And so you got to remember, this is not just a lesson on getting along. Dear Christians, get along and be nice. No, this is, not a, this is not a lesson on getting along. This is not a lesson on playing nice. He says, agree in the Lord. He's saying, agree, which doesn't mean you have to share the same opinions. It's not the same word agree as in like we have the same. Agree means living in harmony. It means, it means you may have a different opinion than me. You may vote differently than me. You may like a different football team than me. And we could still be of one mind. We could still live in harmony. Don't pick my nose, okay? You see what I'm saying? He says, agree in the Lord, meaning in light of the fact that the Lord has brought us together, in light of the fact that your father is my father and we're related, in light of the fact that Jesus has purchased us, not just by adding us on Facebook, he shed his blood. In light of that fact, you gotta destroy disunity. And then he says something that's gonna blow your mind. He goes, just in case you're not sufficiently motivated, can I remind you why we need to destroy disunity? He goes, let me remind you. Hey, Yudi and Sinsuke, those are my homegirls. Remember, we have labored side by side. When you're in the middle of conflict, all you can think about is the offense. All you can think about is what you're disagreeing. And he goes, let's just remember, we're literally working together for the gospel. We've literally preached messages together. We've literally done church together. Girl, we done church together, right? Like, remember, you guys have labored side by side. And they're like, oh yeah. We've literally been on camp teams together. We have been at the altars together crying. We've been in the same youth group since seventh grade. We should be getting along. Oh yeah. He says, you've been working side by side. And then here's what else he says. This blew my mind. I didn't even notice it today until I was talking to the interns about it. He says, not only have we labored side by side, he says, our names are in the book of life together. Like, I'm not gonna get along with Josh. I don't like that guy. He's not on my team. He believes this. We're so different. And as we're fighting, do you know that in heaven, there's a book of all of God's children and our names are written in the same book? Oh yeah. We can't get along because we're on different political lines. Our names are in the same book. We can't get along because we like different things. Our names are in the same book. We can't get along because we're different races. Our names are in the same book. We can't get along because... Our names are in the book of life. We are all heirs of eternal life. We should start a book club called the Book of Life Club. All of you who are in the book of life. Yeah, we're in the, like, that's what brings us together. And so Yudia and Sintiki, girls, I know she said, what about your mama? But you need to agree in the Lord. And here's my favorite biblical word. It's called Reconciliation reconciliation. 
not just kiss and make up. I'm actually teaching a breakout session at camp called Christian Kiss and Make Up. And it's actually how to apologize. Because a lot of students, they, they, you guys offend each other. And then you say, I'm sorry. And you walk away and you think it's over. And the other person is like being eaten alive because they feel like it's not over. There's a mo- apologizing is not a one step, say you're sorry. There's a full process. And if you want to learn more, I'll tell you at camp, okay? But he's telling them that they need to agree in the Lord. <clears throat> Students, do you need to destroy some disunity in your life? Have you allowed disunity into your relationships? Can I go one step further? Have you instigated disunity? Spreading it like fire with your gossip or bitterness. I love you. It's time to destroy the disunity if you want to stand firm in Jesus. It's time for us to put the unity back in community. I'm gonna show you one more thing here because some of you are like, I wanna destroy disunity, but I don't know what to do. I want you to notice how interesting it is here. He says... He's calling for the ladies to agree. But look what else he says. Destroy disunity. True companion, help these women. In case these ladies can't work it out on their own, I need you, my true companion. I need one of you leaders. I need one of you elders to step up and help these women. Students, sometimes you need a mediator and that's okay. The world says, if you're a big boy, if you're a big girl, you'll figure it out on your own. And here in Philippians, we see that disunity is so much of a threat that sometimes we gotta call in the big guns, all right? Sometimes we gotta call in my youth pastor. Sometimes I have to call in my leader and we sit down and maybe it's awkward, but I love Jackson too much and I love the unity of the church too much to not be uncomfortable. And if me and Jackson are having a disagreement and we can't figure it out, then I'm gonna call in one of his leaders. I'm gonna say, bro, I know this is awkward, but like, we just can't figure this out. Can you help us figure it out? And I guarantee you, 99 times out of 100, you will walk out of that room reconciled to your brother. It's powerful. Nobody does this, Sam. I've never seen somebody post that on Snapchat. You won't. This is uncommon. But we're uncommon. We're citizens. We're not of this world. We're of a different world. And so students, I'm calling you to stand firm in Jesus. And in order to do that, you need to, number one, destroy disunity. Let's check out number two. You guys ready for number two? What was number one? <clears throat> number one, destroy disunity. Here we go, number two, picking it up. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. <clears throat> Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. <clears throat> And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Stand firm in Jesus. Not only does disunity threaten to move you off the mark, we now see that anxiety threatens to move you off the mark. Anxiety threatens to move you from your mark. Jesus teaches us about the source of anxiety, right? We worry about money. We worry about clothes. We worry about food. We worry about what people think of us. We worry about our plans and if they will work or not. But when you worry about those things, students, and you guys live in an anxious world, when you worry about these things, it will move you off the mark. And the little voice in your head says, 
if all you're doing is seeking God, then who's gonna take care of you? There are so many more important things you need to focus on. If you don't focus on your plans, if you don't focus on money, if you don't focus on those things, then who's gonna take care of you? And slowly you listen to that little voice and slowly your attention, your heart, your mind are no longer standing firm. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Has anybody ever struggled with anxiety or stress? But here's what we learn. Prayer cures anxiety because we are, number two, to depend on God in prayer. Depend on God in prayer. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. He says, don't be anxious. Well, that's easy. Why am I paying you to be my counselor, right? You go to a counselor. Counselor, I'm anxious. What should I do? Don't be anxious. I just paid you how much? What? Right? But he's not just saying, don't be anxious. He says, don't be anxious. Let me offer you an alternative. Don't be anxious. Instead, bring your needs. The needs that you have are very real. He's not denying them. He's not saying, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't worry. If you just had more faith, you wouldn't even think about those things. No, no, you have those things. And instead of worrying about them, you should bring them to your heavenly father in prayer. And he uses three different words, prayer, supplication, requests. God, I need this. You are my father, help me. He says, you need to come to God in prayer. And then he also says, with thanksgiving. So you could say like the equation of prayer here is make every need known plus thank God for how he already cares for you. Isn't that a cool equation for prayer? God, I need this, but I'm also gonna take time to practice thanksgiving. I recognize you've already given me this, 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 this. Oh yeah, these don't seem like such a big deal anymore, huh? He says, do this on the regular, students. He says, in everything, You should be praying. And as you do that, you know what happens? As you pray, as you supplicate, thanksgiving eight. Those are the verbs, okay? Prayer, thanksgiving air. Request, thankest. Okay, these are old English words that you don't know about. You're so not smart. Um, God, here's what I need. God, here's what you've already given me. As you do that, it says the peace of God the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You will start to have a peace that doesn't seem appropriate for the situation. Why are you not freaking out? This is awful. You're right. I I probably should, but I'm not. I have a peace that passes, that surpasses my level of understanding. What is wrong with you? Don't you see all the things? I do see those things, but I also see the God, the, the heavenly father who's taking care of me. And I'm stressing about money my God literally owns the universe. I'm stressing about what people think of me. God literally loves me and sent his son to die for me. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of want my plans to succeed, but I know that while I plan, God is actually ordering my steps. And so you start to pray and spend time with the Lord and you have a peace. Not only do you have peace, but you are also able to rejoice in the Lord always. You see my anxious students, when we depend on God in prayer, Anxiety gives way to peace and joy. 
He gives you a peace that protects your heart. It protects your anxious mind. It protects your stressful soul because you realize God's got me. But what is he, what is he, but what if you don't get it tomorrow? But what if he does, but it may not come tomorrow. It may not come next, it may not come at all. But I know that God is looking out for me. And even when I don't understand how it's working, I have his peace. You see the little voice in my head, it says, if you don't worry about it, who will? But then Jesus' voice comes and he says, your heavenly father will. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then all those things will be given to you because your heavenly father knows you need them. How many of the birds are out there on on anxiety medication right now? Zero. How many squirrels are out there stressing about their financial plan? This just got weird. When was the last time you saw some grass at the mall trying to buy some some lucky jeans? Never! You're like, I would never buy lucky jeans. I don't know what's cool for female jeans. I'm sorry, I... I shop at Kohl's, y'all. <laughs> I was stood. I do, because they have things for free and I buy them. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like the grass, it's like on clearance, Jaden. It's practically free, okay? Okay. The, the grass, the squirrels, the birdies, the flowers, they got everything they need. If God is taking care of them, you don't think he's gonna take care of you, who is infinitely more important than the grass and the squirrels? I'm more important than the squirrel. That's like every sixth grader just wrote that down. That's like their take home. What did you learn, Johnny? I'm more important than the squirrels. <laughs> it's gonna be so easy for the next seven years, man. The bar is low. <laughs> you guys get what I'm saying? Depend on God in prayer. Can I ask you guys some questions that will help you determine if you're depending on God in prayer? Just let these sink in, okay? Do you spend more time worrying than you do asking your heavenly father to help you? Do you talk to your friends about your issues more than you talk to your God? Do you spend as much time praying as you do planning? Do you spend time in prayer thanking God for how he already takes care of you? When you need advice, is your first move to go here or here? Are you depending on God in prayer? And so I'm gonna call you to just practice tonight. What do you need? I'm sure all of you have been thinking of something during this point. What do you need? Why don't you practice bringing it to your heavenly father? Depend on God in prayer. So if you're gonna stand firm in Jesus, what do we gotta do? Number one, we have to, say it louder, please. Number two, we have to, and then number three, we have to, but Sam, you didn't teach us that one yet. You're right, let's begin. Here we go, last section. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Clay, get ready. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things, which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will with you. Seniors or graduates now, that's my verse for you. Which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Practice them, okay? As you go away for the rest of your lives and leave me here dead to me. So here's what we got here. The final thing we have to do is we have, you have to guard your thought life. If you're going to stand firm, if you're going to live a life that follows Jesus, then you need to guard your thought life because the thoughts that come into your mind are going to determine your actions. 
I see too many students that are lamenting, that are sad. They go, Sam, I can't help it. My feet just keep wandering. I can't help it. I'm trying to say no to, to sin and my feet just keep going that way. And they're busy looking at their feet. And then I ask them, what's in your mind? Where's your mind? Your feet can't say no to lust. If you're watching sexually charged videos, sexually charged music, sexually charged TikToks, put that in your mind and then tell your feet no. You're not gonna stand firm in Jesus. And so here's how I think of it. This is, um, this is just because I'm crazy, right? Um, <laughs> but I kind of think of it like a, a bouncer at a club. Yo, Clay, bring it. Come on down, Clay. And so anybody wanna come to my party? I'm throwing a party, seriously, who wants to come? Anybody wanna come? Sure, come on, Josh, you're here. Uh, Plube, you, you can come to my party. Uh, James, come on down to my party and bring Luke too, because I miss Luke. And bring uh, 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 Allison, you can come on down to my party. Tolly, come on down, let's do it. And um, here's, here's like, get in line, you gotta get in line. Back, 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 come on, bro. Get behind the line, all right? I'm throwing a party, this has, you're like, what does this have to do with the sermon? Just, I don't know, we're just gonna have fun here. I'm throwing a party, okay? Um, and so here's the thing I almost forgot though. My party actually has a guest list, okay? And so in order to get into my party, you actually have to be on the guest list. So, all right, what's your name, bro? Uh, Josh, my name's Josh. Josh, Josh, Josh. Josh, yep, thank you. Okay, next, hey, what's your name? Allison. Allison, yeah, yeah I see you, Allison here, okay. Hey, Great. Uh, who's next? Uh, Tali. Tali. Is Tali on the guest list? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Tali. Next, who, who's your name? Elias with an E? Yes. E. Uh, next, okay. Uh, uh, James. James. Clay, Clay, Clay. Um, Clay. Hey, Clay, Clay, thanks. Uh, Luke, yeah, yeah, Luke, yeah. Um, Clay, Clay. All right, hey, party, right? Yeah. You're not on the guest list, buddy. Deuces. We all need to have a bouncer, but not for our party. We need a bouncer for our minds. And there are too many things that are knocking on the door of your mind. And they're like, yeah, we're here to party. And you gotta be like, bruh, you ain't on the guest list. And guess what the guest list is for the party of your mind? It's right here. Here's the guest list. There are movies. There is music. Thanks, Clay. And what a great bouncer. Give it up for the bouncer, Clay, right? Yeah. You all need a Clay Murphy for your mind. There are going to be things that say, hey, I want to come in. And you're like, you're not on the list, bruh. You need to intentionally choose your thoughts. You guys, you should not just be letting any thoughts come into your mind. You need to check destructive thoughts at the door and you say, you're not on the list, buddy. And here's the list, guys. Paul gives us the list right here. He says, whatever is true. Yo, that song is fire, right? Yo, that movie was dope, right? Yo, that podcast was trending, right? Yo, that TikTok was, that TikTok was viral, right? You're like, yo, he needs a Tic Tac. I like Tic Tacs way better than TikToks, to be honest. Especially the orange ones. Bro, I eat those like candy. And my breath still's kicking. Anyway. I don't care if it was viral. I don't care if it was trending. I don't care if it was fire. I want to know if it's true. 
Is it true? How many of you guys are allowing lies to permeate your mind? Dude, I'm guilty. You know what? I, was, I found myself doing this like a couple of years ago. There was a fire. Dude, I still tell my playlist. I'm not gonna lie. I'm being real, okay? But there was a song on my playlist that I loved it. And it was like so catchy. Like I'd be driving in the car, catching myself saying, it's like, you ain't nobody till you got somebody. You ain't nobody till you got. You guys know that song? Yo, come on. Who knows some Demi Lovato, right? You guys are like, I don't know that youth pastor. I don't, I don't know that song. You know that's like number three on your playlist, okay? And I found myself just, everything thing I do, you and I, and I found myself just singing these words. They were like literally stuck in my mind. And then I was driving one day and it hit me and I was like, yo, that's like literally not true. I'm literally singing the opposite of the gospel. You ain't nobody unless you got somebody. You're not even important unless you have somebody who loves you. You're not even important unless you're in a romantic relationship. And I'm like, Hold up. I was like, shablam, you're not true. You're not on the guest list, bruh. Whatever is true, think about it. Whatever is honorable, are the things that you're watching, are the things that you're listening to, are they worthy of respect and admiration? Are they honorable? Are the things just? He says, whatever is just, things that are right, things that treat people right. Dude, oh man, I'm gonna get angry here. But I remember this happened at Union High School a couple years ago. There was a video that went viral of the kids fighting in the parking lot. Remember that? You know what was the most sickening part of the video? It wasn't the fight. It wasn't the fact that this kid was using karate moves to like hit a kid's face into the pavement. It was the fact that there was an entire circle of kids standing around watching it, doing nothing. You know what was even more sickening than the people who were standing there watching it were the people watching it in their own bedrooms on their phone. It's not just, you're literally watching injustice. We all saw the George Floyd video by now, right? And it's like, if there's not something inside of you that just boils, regardless of your political stances, regardless of what you read on the situation, like just the inhumaneness, that's not just. You're not on the guest list, bruh. I'm not gonna allow those things to be in my mind and to reflect on them and to let them become part of me because whatever is in my mind will move my feet. And if I'm looking at things that are unjust and I'm entertaining myself with things that are unpure and unhonorable and and dishonorable and untrue, my feet are gonna follow. What's on the guest list? He says, whatever is pure, things that are holy, things that are fitting for someone who has been set apart to God. I think you guys are all too young to remember the fine China illustration. Maybe we'll all bust it out here one of these, one of these days. But like you guys are set apart like fine China. We don't use it for common things. He says, whatever is lovely, that's on the guest list. Things that are deserving, that, that deserve to be loved, commendable, things that you admire, excellent, things that are morally excellent, virtuous, and then things that are worthy of praise. I hope my mom doesn't see this. Probably not worthy of praise. (laughs) I hope nobody sees this on my social media. Probably not worthy of praise. Things that can be publicly commended. Things that can come up to the front of the room and you can say, everybody look at this. And they all go, yeah. Students, you need to intentionally have these thoughts in your thought life. He says, think. 
Think doesn't mean just let them cross your mind. No, he says, think, reflect deeply on these things, value them, and then live your life accordingly. Practice these things. Practice these things. And so students, I'm gonna ask you point blank. Why? Because I love you. I love you so much that I wanna speak the truth to you. And I wanna ask you, what do you allow into your mind? What movies? What music? I'm gonna tell you something that you may have never heard before. It is okay to excuse yourself from a conversation that does not cause you to think about things that are honorable and lovely. It's okay when a thought comes to the door of your mind, it's okay to say, I'm not letting that guy in. He's not on the list. Be intentional about your thought life. Guard it and protect it because that's where your feet will go. I'll never forget, I was hanging out with a group of friends and I'm, dude, I never, never, never expected this from this group of friends. It was back on the East Coast and um, we're just all chilling. It's a fun night, we're relaxing. And then one of my homies busts out this game now, let's just say you don't want to play it in church. Can we leave it at that? And I remember being so uncomfortable and like, I it was like time stands. It was like, everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. And it was like, Zzz. And I was just like walking around in slow motion. Like, what do I do? My mind was racing. I don't know. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the judgmental person. I don't want to stand up and be like, you shouldn't play this. But I also don't want to sit there and do it because I'm like, you're not on the guest list, bruh. You know? And so I was like, what do I do? Zzz, back to reality. And I, so like, I just, Maybe I was too much of a coward. Maybe I'd do it differently now. But all I did was like, oh, guys, I'm just like, I just want to chill tonight. And so I popped in my headphones. I jumped on the couch and I just read a book. <laughs> I know, you're like, you're so lame. I didn't know what to do. But all I knew is that that game wasn't on the guest list. And I wasn't allowed to get it into my life because I need to guard my thought life because I want to stand firm in Jesus. And students, I want you to stand firm in Jesus. So I'm gonna have the band come out and we're gonna do a little something cray cray for response, okay? I'm gonna pray for you. And then here's what I wanna know. Normally, if we were like in not a COVID time, I would say, come down to the front and gather in front of one of these signs and we're gonna sing our songs. But here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to choose one. One thing that the Lord is calling you to work on just in the next seven days, not like for your whole life, just in the next seven days, which one of these things do you say, I'm gonna work on that this week. I'm gonna to have to, we're gonna do some family chaos. You're gonna get up, you're gonna walk around. You can walk to multiples if you want. And I want you to take out your phone and you're gonna snap a picture of one of those signs. And I'm gonna challenge you to make your background on your phone for the next seven days, one of these signs. And maybe you're like, nah, Sam, I really need two. Okay, you can have 14 days, take two pictures, okay? Uh, for those of you who are middle schoolers and you don't have a phone here or high schoolers, you don't have a phone, tell you what. Here's your phone for the next seven days, all right? I don't got no Snapchat on this piece of paper. You write, but you got a challenge, all right? And so you can pick one of these. Um, let's just put, uh, depend on God in prayer, guard your thought life, and we'll just put those at the base there. But Max and, and the team, they're gonna play. I'm gonna pray. And when I say amen, I'm gonna ask you guys to stand on your feet right now. And when I say amen, you're gonna come down with your phones um, or you're gonna come and grab a piece of paper, just snap a picture, go back to your seat, and um, you're allowed to be on your phone for this part, right? Make it the background of your phone. And, um, and guess what? Hey, citizens, youth, guess what we're doing this summer? We're gonna stand firm in Jesus. Guess what we're doing this year? 
We're gonna stand firm in Jesus. Guess what we're doing for the next seven years, sixth graders? We're gonna stand firm in Jesus because we know that in Christ, our life is fulfilled. We know that with the Lord, our soul is satisfied. And we're with him, nothing else matters. Lord, be with my students right now, Father. Speak to them, Holy Spirit. Lead them to respond to your word, Father. Accompany them, give them the power, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Would you give that power to their mortal bodies so that they can have this supernatural energy to say no to sin and say yes to God, to destroy disunity, to guard their thought lives, Lord, and to depend on you in prayer. Father, we love you so much. We give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen.